0: John at the end of his life writes down this account of Jesus' life. And he does something unique in his gospel that he does seven kind of very specific miracles that Jesus does and seven very specific times where Jesus says, I am. And then he kind of helps us to understand who is this Jesus. And the reason that we think that it's important for us to know that if we have the wrong view of Jesus, then our faith will be built On the wrong thing that if my view of jesus is just that he's just here to get me out of trouble or he's here to save me out of times where i really screwed up and then he just goes on the shelf until the next time i need a 911 call well that's not the view that jesus gave of himself and if that's what my faith is built on then my faith is going to be built on the wrong thing but if i can understand who jesus said this is who i am well i can build my faith on that and so last week we looked at jesus saying i am the bread of life, The people that come to me are going to be filled forever. And a lot of these I am statements have these direct connections to the Exodus story and the Old Testament stories. Last week we looked at the story of Jesus being the bread of life. He talked about, well, when you were in the wilderness with Moses, Moses provided for you manna. But the people that ate that manna, they they ate it and were filled for a moment, but then they died. But if you eat of me or if you partake of me, you're going to live forever. Today we're going to look and Jesus is going to say, I am the light of the world. I'm not just a light. I am the light of the world. And when we recognize what Jesus is, we can realize... Well, if he is the light of the world, that must mean that he's the light of my world. And that has implications for how I live my day in and day out life. It's not just Sunday mornings, 10, 15 to 11, 15. It's, wow, when I am at work and it's stressful and things aren't going well on Tuesday, Jesus is still the light of my world. And when I'm in chaos in my marriage, well, Jesus is still the light of my world. If I have a right view of Jesus, my faith is going to be built on The right thing. So if you want to follow along this morning, one thing you can do is go to todaysermon.com. Todaysermon.com is going to have a lot of our scriptures. It's going to have a lot of the little notes that we give. You can also follow along here on the screen. Or if you want to, John chapter 8 is where we're going to be if you have a printed Bible. That's what I'm going to do, John chapter 8. And hopefully this morning as we discover who Jesus is, it will give us some understanding and some ideas of what we can do with that. And So here's what John records Jesus saying, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, here it is, I am, who are you, Jesus? Well, I'm the light of the world. Whoever, so we're invited to do this, whoever follows me. So not just just anybody, but who follows me. So there is a benefit. You're not going to walk in darkness. It's not that you're going to have a perfect life or a struggle-free life or a, you know, life that's just wrinkle-free, but you won't walk in darkness and you'll have the light of life. Now it's interesting when Jesus is saying this, you can read the context for yourself if you want, but this is in the time where Jesus said this and they were celebrating this harvest festival and during this harvest festival every year they would light these enormous, enormous lanterns in the temple and it was said that these lanterns could be seen from forever away of course you know not literally but the idea was that these are so big and there were so many of these lanterns that it could be seen forever and it's celebrating the exodus story of when god led his people by a cloud by day and a fire by night that as people walked as the israelites walked through the wilderness god in his kindness led them with this light and so it's under that backdrop with these huge enormous lanterns burning high in the sky that Jesus looks at that he says, you're, you're celebrating something that happened thousands of years ago. And those people died. They followed that light for a while, but then they died. And when this oil of these lamps run out, it's going to get dark. And you can see it now, but eventually the, you're going to move on from the celebration. You're not going to be able to see these lights. But I am the light. And if you'll follow me, the oil doesn't run out. And if you'll follow me, my ability to light your path is unlike." any other the light that i can provide for your life is unlike any other light that you might find goes on and it says this in him this is john writing at the very beginning of his gospel in him was life and that life was here it is again the light of all mankind the light shines in the darkness and darkness has not overcome it now it's not hard and you don't need a be a church person or a religious person, to realize that as we go through the world, it gets darker and darker and darker. Your own experience tells you that. And I can't solve all of those problems, but what Jesus has introduced to us is in that darkness, I am a light. I am the one that even in the chaos can be the light of your life. That's good news for us. That is something that we can, in the darkest days of our life, when things are all falling apart, when it is just chaos surrounding us, I can grab hold of, yes, it's dark, but I have the light with me, and the darkness cannot overcome this light. And you know this in just, I mean, it's just physics, that the smallest amount of light, right, it drives out darkness, that there is really no such thing as darkness, there's just the absence of light. That you, you, anybody ever had little kids that were scared of the dark? And what'd you do? You just turn on a little closet light. You just got a little, little, you know, what do you, what do you call those things? A little nightlight is what you called them. I'm not personally scared of the dark, so I haven't been shopping for them. Get a little nightlight, and all of a sudden, what happens? Well, that little kid can sleep. There's just something about the light. I don't know, do you remember a few years ago, I think it was that May blizzard or something, when, Power got knocked out of, of town for what felt like five years. I think it was 18 hours or 36 hours, but there was no light in my house. there was no power in my house and it was let me just tell you I was born in the right century. I, I need electricity and power and light we were we were struggling there was no light and it was it was dark emotionally for me because I needed that. My coffee pot is not battery powered. My coffee pot is power powered. And so I had a little fireplace and we, we got some water in a pot and we put a pot in the fireplace in hopes of boiling it and making this. It was the worst coffee I've ever drank, but it was just, we had to, we had to have it. You need light. You need power. And what Jesus has invited us to is, I'm here. I'm available, not just as a 911 call, not just as I I come to church and I kind of check the box of the religious tradition. No, I am the light of life, and if you follow me, you'll never walk in darkness because light always, always, always outshines darkness. And so here's what I want to invite you to do this morning is four things that will happen if we follow the light. Four things that if we follow the light happens in the life of every single person. You don't have to do any of these, but this is the invitation to all of us. The first one is this, is that following the light, this is the most important one, brings salvation. Nothing, nothing, nothing else matters before this. Because if the scripture is true, if what Jesus said is true, then all of us, We're all. I, I'm first in line, all of us because of our sin have been separated from god and that we are sinners in need of a savior that i'm not just a mistaker i'm not just oops i kind of screwed that up no i am a sinner and what sin does is separates me from a righteous holy god but when i follow the light the light brings salvation this is the way that the apostle paul put it for all find the best person you've ever known they're included in this all have sinned, I lied, I, I stole, I, I, I knew what the right thing was, I just didn't care. I knew what the wrong thing was, but it just sounded so fun, and so I did it. All have sinned, and we just fall short of God's glory, of God's perfection, of God's righteousness, and the light shows us that. When I step into the light of Christ, I, it is revealed to me just how filthy my life is. You can look, have you ever done this or you've seen on 2020 or Dateline or something? Something that looks really clean and then you shine a black light on it. If you've seen those shows, if you wanna be horrified later, just go YouTube black light hotel room and you will never stay in a hotel room again in your life. You'll stay in your house forever. Well, on the outside, I mean that, you flip on just the regular light switch and everything looks great. I mean, this is clean. They have been there. We're at the Four Seasons. We're at the Ritz. We're at whatever. But then you put the right light on it, and you ask for an early checkout. You say, I need to be out of here because it's, it's not as clean as I thought it was. When I look at my own life, when I compare it to, you know, other people, well, my life might look great. I mean, here I am. I I put on a microphone, and I open up the scripture, and I do the right things, and I say the right things. But when I step into the light of Christ, it's just like that black light. It's revealed to me, and I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I'm not exactly sure who said it, but I love the quote that until I see myself as a sinner, I'll never see my need for a Savior. I'll just see myself as I'm, I'm pretty good. I do pretty good things and I'm not a criminal and nobody's bothering me and I'm not bothering anybody. I'm just living a pretty good life. But when I step into the light of Christ, I realize, man, I'm a sinner and my church attendance can't get me there. And my good works can't get me to God. And I can't earn my way or grit my way. I can just accept my way. I just step into the light and God, I need your salvation. And so the beauty of the light of Christ is that reveals my sin it reveals his glory it reveals the gap between the two but then it also provides here's the solution to it the solution to my sin is the light of christ it is the revealer but it's also the solution paul would go on and he would say this if you declare with your mouth jesus is lord And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Not not if you're a good church attender and not if you memorize some prayers and not if you memorize some Bible verses. But no, Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. I'm saved. Nothing else matters before that. Listen, if you're with us this morning, if you're watching online, and if you've not stepped into the light of Christ, man, today could be your day. That, That God is inviting you into a relationship with him. And it starts by... I'm a sinner, I need a savior, and you're the only one that can get me there. That I have become a person that just throws myself down onto the mercy of Jesus. And what we saw last week is that anybody that comes to Jesus is never, ever, ever rejected. John would say it this way. I've come, talking about Jesus, or Jesus, quoting Jesus rather. I've come into the world as a light. Why did you come, Jesus? So that no one who believes in me to stay in darkness. That's the invitation of Jesus. The invitation of Jesus is that there is darkness, there's darkness inside of me, but Jesus has brought me into the light. It is so, so merciful. Here's the second one. that following the light brings obedience. Following the light brings salvation. I can't do anything else before that, but then following the light also brings obedience. Sometimes we get these two twisted. Sometimes we think that, well, I've got to obey my way to Jesus. I've got to really behave my way. If I can get myself cleaned up, but that's the wrong way. I throw myself on the mercy of Jesus because His glory has illuminated my sin and He's provided a way out of that. And then, as I'm following Him, I'm just starting to obey. I'm starting to have the taste change. I'm starting to have my mind changed. My mind is being renewed. I'm becoming a new person. I'm saved in a moment, but then for the rest of my life is a sanctification process where Jesus works on my life. He works on my attitude. He works on the way that I talk. He works on the way that I think. He works on the way that I react when I'm stressed and when I'm mad and when I'm disagreeing with somebody. Following the light, it brings me to a place where I'm going to obey him because of what he has done for me. This is what that God sees us. Tim Keller said it this way, that God sees us as we are. He loves us as we are and accepts us as we are, but by his grace and he doesn't leave us where we are. He wants us to grow. He wants us to change. He wants us to mature. He wants us to be conformed more and more into the image of Christ. Here's what the Scripture says, First John, John again, but a later epistle. In fact, this love, this is love for God. How, how do I love God? Uh, I love God by, well, I keep his commands. And just in case we get confused, his commands are not burdensome. One of the knocks against Christianity that I hear, well, I don't want to be a Christian. There's so many rules and there's so many hoops you've got to jump through. And there's so many you can't and you should and you're supposed to and you never can do this. Well, John said, Jesus is the best friend. Well, his commands are not burdensome. And what we discover as we move into obedience in Christ is that everything that he tells me to do is for my benefit. It's not for his. That Jesus isn't trying to get us to jump through hoops so that he can just, you know, kind of elbow the the shoulders of the angels and say, hey, guess what I'm making him do today? Can you believe that this is going to be so? No, that's not what he's doing. It's for my benefit. It's for your benefit. And you, if you're a parent, you know this, that you want your kids to obey you for their benefit. It's not doing you any favors at all. Maybe it's relieving a little bit of stress out of your life if they'll just do what you tell them to do. But isn't it true that every good parent says, you need to do this, and if you'll do this, I know you don't understand why now, but later you will thank me for it. And in my life, in your life, that's what obedience does. God, I don't understand why you're wanting me to do this, but I just trust that you're good. I trust that you love me. I trust that you have a good plan for me. And so I'm going to do what you've called me to do, trusting that later on I'll understand why. And Christianity, it's so important. That Christianity is not a list of things to do, it's a person to follow. And sometimes we get it so twisted that we say, okay, I've got to check the box and do the thing and do, are all the eyes dotted? Are all the T cross God? Are you pleased with me now? It gets really, really difficult to do that because there's always somebody doing better than you and there's always somebody doing worse. But if I just keep my eyes on Jesus, I'm going to follow Jesus. Not a list of rules, not a list of thou shalt's and thou shalt not's. Where is Jesus leading? Where is Jesus moving? Where is Jesus calling me to do? And as I do that, my tastes begin to change. My attitudes, again, begin to change. And I wish it was instant. I wish all bad habits could just immediately be solved. And every problem that I have as I follow Jesus, I'd never be tempted in those areas again. That's that's not reality. But as I follow him, I obey him because I love him. I don't obey him so that he'll love me. I obey him because I love him. That he already paid the price for my salvation. His light illuminated my sin, but then provided a way out. And now, day in and day out, not just on Sundays, I choose to obey. So light following the light, it brings salvation, it brings obedience. And then thirdly, following the light, it brings direction. Don't we all need this? I mean, how many of us would get in line for saying, God, if you want to Be the tour guide of my life and show me where I should go, and I'm signing up. That's what the light does. The light gives us direction. It gives us insight. It gives us understanding. It helps us to see, oh, there's some pitfalls here. It helps us to see, here's some things that are going to trip you up and cause you some chaos and cause you some grief. That's what following Jesus does. Again, not a perfect life. But how many of us would be honest and say, I've, I've had some avoidable regrets at different times in my life. Anybody had some avoidable regrets? Anybody ever had the, ah, I'll just go ahead and do it. And it seems so fun in the moment. And, and your, your friends told you, no, I don't think that's the best for you. Or your mom said, are you sure you want to do that? Or your dad said, I wouldn't do that, son, if I were you. I wouldn't call her back. I wouldn't go on a second date. All of your friends are saying, she's crazy. And you just said, "Um, I'm going anyway. And there was some avoidable regret. Well, following the light, following the light, it will bring, I'm just telling you, it will bring direction. Here's what the psalmist said. Your word, when I understand this, when when it's not just... Kyle, on Sunday mornings, because I only get about 30 minutes, it's, it's not enough. Me, me, listening to me for 30 minutes talk about the word is not enough to light up the light of your life for the whole week. It won't get you there. The, the, the 30 minutes that I get as we open up scripture, it can get you to like lunchtime. But then things start to fall apart in your life. Things start to kind of go crazy and plans start to fall apart. So you, you need more than just me and I'm going to do my best I'm going to do my best to open up the Word each week and give you some truth and give you some things that you can put in your tool belt. But if you're reliant on me as your pastor, you will, you will be lacking. It's your Word is for my feet. It's, it's a lamp for my feet, a light from my, on my path. It's this thing that I just, I have with me all the time. When I go into work, well, Kyle's not there at my work, so I've got to have the Word with me. My, I, I can't always come to church on, on weekends, so I've got to have the Word as part of, of my life. And here's what the Word does. It says it's not, it's not this, this light switch that lights up everything. It's not this huge flashlight that shows all the way down the path. It's, it's a lamp. And here's what, you ever been camping with just a little, a little lamp? What does it do? Well, a lamp, it just illuminates just that, that next step. I have no idea what's coming 10 steps down the road with a lamp. But what I can see is, here's well, here's a hole that I've got I've to step over that. And when I do that, then I, I see the next step. And when I do that, I see the next step. And over time, I get exactly where God wants me to go. And that's what, that's what faith is called, right? Faith is saying, God, I, I don't have any idea what 10 steps down the road looks like. But if you're calling me to take this step, then that's what I'm going to do, trusting that when step 10 comes, you're gonna give me direction for that as well. Your word is a lamp. And so if there is something in my way right now that I need to slow down or speed up or move around, I'm going to do that because your word is illuminating my path. Here's what Proverbs, or there's an, uh, the closer I am to the light, the better I'm gonna see the path ahead. That when I get close to Jesus, I start to see things that I wouldn't have otherwise saw. Again, I'm gonna do my best. I'm not always gonna do a very good job. And so you can't rely, don't, don't try to get close to me. Get close to Jesus. Don't try to get close to the church. Get close to Jesus. Don't try to get close to, to just, you know, I'm gonna really try and I'm gonna decide for myself. And I'm gonna do what feels right in the moment. Well. That'll work sometimes, but a lot of times it'll give you some avoidable regret. Get close to Jesus. Here's what, here's what Proverbs, or the other psalmist said. The unfolding of your words, that's what gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. And that can be a little offensive, but let's be honest, aren't we a little simple, right? And we, we have no idea what's coming around the corner. We don't know what's coming next, but the light of life does, The light of life gives direction to me. It gives understanding to me. It gives times where I should be a little bit more cautious. It gives times where I should speed up a little bit. That's what the light brings. And then here's the the last one we're going to be done for the day. Following the light brings responsibility. So it brings salvation. It brings obedience. Following the light, it brings direction. And then if I'm genuinely following the light, it's going to bring responsibility. Is there something that then I do it? You remember the little Sunday school song, This Little Light of Mine? Anybody? I'm going to let it shine. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, whose light is it? Well, it's, it's God's light given to me. I'm not the creator of the light. I'm just the reflector. The light has been shown onto me, it's revealed my sin, and it's provided a way out. It showed me, man, follow me, because as you follow me, I'm gonna help you to avoid some things. I'm gonna help you to avoid some regret, and then as you are going along that path, I want you to take that light, and I want you to reflect it into the world that you live in, into your workplace, into your family, into whatever it is that your world brings this light of mine I'm not the creator I'm just the reflector here's what the the scripture says again this is this is Jesus that you are not the not the Bible school graduates not the people that have it all together or the people that always do the right thing just people like you and me just these simple folks that are doing our best day in and day out to follow the light of Jesus not that we're going to get it right all the time But Jesus said if if you have stepped into the light of salvation and if you're following the light for direction, here's what your responsibility is as you are going through that. You're the light of the world. And what's beautiful about this is that all of our worlds are a little bit different. You work in a place that I don't work. You have friends that I don't have, you've got family that I don't have, and it is the mission of the Christians to say, I'm going to go into my world, whatever that looks like, and be a reflector, that's what our job is. A town built on a hill, well, it it can't be hidden. He goes on and he says, neither do people light a lamp and, and put it under a bullet, it doesn't do anybody any good. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house, in the same way, let your light shine. Well, Kyle, I don't always, maybe I should do that in a, in a couple years when I kind of get rid of some of these bad habits. No, you can start today. Well, maybe I should, maybe I should become a little bit of a better church attender. No, you can start today. In the same way, I'm going to let my light, and sometimes my light is just a little flicker. Sometimes my light is, man, it's, it's, it's getting close to being burnt out, but it's that light that Jesus gives. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your, this is amazing, see your good deeds, how you live, in other words, and they're going to look at how you live and they're going to say, God must be doing something in their life. God must be at work in their heart. Th- that, that person is different than they used to be. They respond to frustration and chaos differently than they used to. Their marriage is somehow better than it used to be. I wonder what that is. that is—that They don't fly off the handle quite as quickly as they used to. They don't get stressed out quite as easily as they used to. It must be God. It must be God at work in their life. And so Jesus is the light. And he has invited us. Build your life on this. If you're going to build your life on Jesus, we've got to know who Jesus is. Jesus is the bread of life and he's the light. The so let me give you just a few questions to consider as you go through this week. The first one is the most important. Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? H- have I made that choice? I've recognized that I am a sinner. I've seen my need for a Savior, and I've accepted what Jesus did on the cross. If you haven't done that, what's today? Today's March the 3rd. What a great day to do it. March the 3rd, 2024, why don't you step across the line of Jesus has provided a way out for me, and I don't have to work for it, I don't have to earn it, I don't have to hope for it, I can just trust for it, I can trust what Jesus has done for me. You should accept the gift of Jesus, because here's what scripture says, it is appointed for man to die once, and then the judgment at some point, it will be the last chance for us to accept what Jesus has done. Have you done that? Today could be your day. Here's the, here's the second one. Is there any areas of my life that I'm resisting God's commands? If you're honest, would you say that, you know what, I, I know that God is calling me to obey him in this area. I just don't care. I, I know that God is calling me to step away from this or step into this or remove myself from this, but I've just been... Resisting because it just is so fun, or I just like it, but I, I know it's not what God wants for me. You know what the scripture calls it, scripture calls it sin. Sin always, always, always separates us from God. But following the light, it brings me to obedience. Not to burden you, but to free you. Not to not to not to grind you down, but to bring light and life to your life. Are you resisting? Here's the here's a third question to wrestle with. Have I been trying to navigate a problem or a decision on my own? Have you been going down the path of life and, and saying, i I'm just got to figure it out myself. i got to figure out the, the marriage. i got to figure out the money. i got to figure out the problems. i got to jump through the hoops on my own. And I'll get to Jesus on Sunday. I'll, I'll kind of, Jesus Sunday 1015 to 1115, but the rest of the week is me. And I've got to figure it out for myself. And I've got to be the smartest person in the room. Is there areas of your life that you're just it's just you and you and you? The light of life wants to give you direction. The light of life wants to illuminate that path for you. And he's not gonna give you 15 and 20 steps down the road, but he'll give you the first one. His word, get it in your life. It'll be a light to your path. Uh, it'll, it'll be a, a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. And then here's the, the last one. How can I reflect his light this week? As you go, you're getting ready to go to work tomorrow or going back to school, whatever it is that you're gonna do this week, how can you reflect? What is it that you can do this week to let your light so shine before men that they'll see your good works and they'll glorify your Father in heaven? Let me pray with you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the light of life that has come into the world. And so what I'm praying this morning as we're gathered in this room, as we're watching online, Lord, that you would illuminate areas of all of our lives. Lord, that you would illuminate for us First, our need for our Savior. Lord, if those are here that have yet to follow you into a relationship of salvation, Lord, I'm praying that we would make that choice today. That just as Paul said, that we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and believe that God raised him from the dead. We are saved. And so, Lord, help those that need to make that decision. Give them the faith to take that step. Lord, I'm praying for those that are resisting obeying you. They know the right thing they know where they should be going, they know what they should be doing, they know what they shouldn't be doing, and they've just been resistant to your leading. Lord, I'm praying that, that they would have the faith to follow you in the hard things, that they would have the faith to, to cut off some things, to move away from some things, to, to do what you've. You, they already know you're calling us to. And Lord, it is really, really difficult. It's really hard, but would you give us the grace to obey what you're calling us to obey? Lord, I'm praying for those that are in confusion and in chaos, maybe they've got some big decisions to make and they're trying to navigate problems. Lord, I'm praying that the light of life would illuminate steps, would give us direction, would give us understanding, would give us insight in what our next step is. Lord, I'm praying that for those that need to make the next step of apologizing, of, of asking for forgiveness, or for whatever it needs to be, that they would, through your grace, take that next step. And Lord, would you help us to be reflectors this week? as we go back into our homes and into our work and all the places that you have put us, would we act as missionaries that we would reflect your light? We don't have to have all the answers and live this wrinkle-free life, but we can reflect what Jesus has done in our life. Would you help us with it? It's in your name that we pray, amen.